Welcome, Rickrets, to Season 3, Episode 24 of the TheDashRink.com's Blackhawks Rinkcast, live from the COVID-19 studios in the quarantine bubble. Uh, today is Tuesday, October 6, 2020, and I'm your host, Jeff Osborne, better known on the Twitters as Puck and Hostel. My name is Jeff. It's Hefe, man. And the hater and the, what you know, Mr. Negative and all those other great things. But uh, that being said, I'm here today with uh, Mr. Ray Napiantek. He's one of our writers, our Blackhawks writers. He's a prospect guy. And you work for FC Hockey, uh, which is one of the, you know, premier draft guides out there uh, on, you know, scouting players and stuff like that. So you're a good push person to have on tonight to, uh, you know, to react about, you know, with the Blackhawks. But um, do you want to give a little bit of, you know, stuff into the FC Hockey and what you guys do over there and how, uh, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. You'll be covering the draft. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. No, and it's been a slow time. I mean, any hockey fan has been waiting for the draft, right? It was almost like Christmas today. So, uh, but yeah, over at FC Hockey, um, you know, NHL uh, EntryDraft.com. A lot of good information going on over there. We've got some great hockey minds. I'm learning a ton, um, you know, just just working there and, you know, having some fun with it. Um, A lot of guys that have gone on and and have gone on to, uh, you know, pro scouting jobs, which is awesome. Uh, but, you know, put in a lot of legwork. We've got, uh, you know, guys and gals all over the world, um, you know, working on, you know, getting views on players and stuff like that. You know, I personally just work with, you know, USHL, getting some views with, you know, the American uh, leagues and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, absolutely. No, appreciate that plug. Yeah. And uh, also, I want I do want to say before I introduce the next person who you're not going to see, but you're going to hear, uh, I want to shout out to Eddie Van Halen. Uh, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen, one of my favorite guitarists in uh he passed away today, uh, long bout with cancer. Uh, the intro song yeah. on the podcast part of this is going to actually be little guitarist from uh, Van Halen. So uh, you're not going to hear that on the live part here, but you'll, you'll hear it on the podcast part of it. But Aaron Goldschmidt, I think, is in the background still in his Kale McCarr pajamas. Hello, sir. Gentlemen. How hey, are you I'm doing? Doing great. Uh, having a good night. Drafted another good defenseman. So... Uh, pretty happy with that yeah and, and you're not talking about the blackhawks i'm not no you guys no i'm not talking about the blackhawks <laughs> you stopped yourself mid-sentence i'm trying to be nice to ray you know we're we have a nice working relationship it's that it's hard be, to be nice to ray but you know first for both of you that would be uh... <laughs> yeah yeah for sure so well let's let's not mince many words uh let's get this done tonight let's you know, talk about what we have to talk about. Uh, the Blackhawks at number 17, they selected Lucas Reichel, who is the son of Martin Reichel and the uncle of Robert Reichel, who I remember is a Calgary Flames fan in the, you know, 80s and 90s. Uh, Robert Reichel, I remember him well. Uh, but they, that is the, the uncle of, uh, of Lucas Reichel. Now, Eric went into a whole lot of detail about you know, he did a lot of draft profiles and stuff, and we had them up. We really appreciate all that. And he did a lot of hard work. And Stan Bollinger went kind of right off the board, picked a guy who was probably more suited for later in the 20s, maybe even early in the second round um, and with Lucas Reichel. Now, my from what I'm hearing, uh, from what they were saying on the broadcast and stuff, Lucas Reichel is basically, to me, sounds like Brandon Side 2.0 kind of responsible in both zones, not going to, not going to really knock you, you know, knock you over with his offensive talent, 
but he's not going to kill you with terrible defensive talent either. Uh, just maybe a solid top six winger kind of maybe in that Brandon side mole. Uh, what do you think, Ray? I think you're spot on. You know, I mean, obviously that was a name that really doesn't come up. I think at 17 though, you're at such a point there that you could almost argue that the 15, 16 guys that you would have had before that all went, you know, it was almost like, you know, it was exactly the guys that you thought were going to go 15, 16. And then, you know, at 17, I thought there was a few guys that were, you know, like, uh, you know, in that 17 through 20 range. And then, you know, obviously with, with Lucas, I, you know, all accounts is like you said, you know, he's responsible. He plays the game, right. He goes to the tough areas. He's willing to go to the net. You know, you talk about, like you said, you know, Brandon Saad 2.0, who we thought was, you know, Hosa, very light, you know. So, you know, for me, I, I thought it was a, a solid pick overall. You know, you're surprised. You start to scramble a little bit with some names. But, you know, those are the guys that help you win games, you know. And, you know, and then, you know, when you think about the success we've had with guys like him uh, in the playoffs where you don't have to put up, you know, a point a game to be successful, you know, in, in the corners and tough areas in the front of the net. So for me, I'm always somebody that, you know, at first you're always kind of shocked to, you know, it's like, Oh, what, what'd they do? What's going on? You know, how many other guys did they pass up? Um, and then you kind of take a step back and you, okay, you see kind of where he fits in. You see what maybe the team was, you know, Stan was thinking, the team was thinking, the scouts were thinking, he's got a great hockey IQ comes from a great hockey family. So, I mean, you, you definitely can't argue with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, when you started kind of talking about that, the first words that came to my mind were safe pick. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's, he's not the guy you're going to throw out there. That's going to kill you on the defensive side of the ice. He's not the kind of guy that also may not drive the offensive play in the ice, but right. so he's a responsible forward. I don't know. You know, I don't know to me, I don't know how much he's going to really uh, improve this team. He might create some, some of that middle of the lineup depth, but I don't know. Like, is he going to be your number one left wing in four years on the Chicago Blackhawks? I don't really know that that's the case. So Aaron, I know you're there. You got any thoughts on uh, Reichel? I mean, I know for a fact that I was like, all right, who's Bowman going to pick? Probably some guy that none of us have heard of, you know, a few picks back (laughs) in a reach and, and lo and behold, there it was. But I, I think there's reason for Blackhawks fans to be optimistic about this pick. Um, they've done really well with their European scouts, bringing in a lot of talent. Um, the last European player to come over in this range was Tavo Teravainen. Um, so I, I'm not trying to say that this is a bad pick. This is kind of like a TBD for the Hawks. I, yeah. It could be a really great pick. You just have to wait and see. You got to see him at camp and see what he can do. But like, hopefully he's a skilled player who can skate, who can – fit into the offense somewhere in the top nine and, and do something for you. But I, I think there's reason to just be okay with it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not flashy. It's not going to get you jumping out of your seat, but um, you know, there are, they are going to need depth. They don't have depth. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, depth is when you usually go second, third round, not first round. So that was, it was kind of odd, but um I do. I do want to make sure that all the viewers and everything get to see my little draft board here. So I'm going to move to the side a little bit, and you can see my draft board there. Uh, Stan Bowman needs to get a puck moving, a small puck moving defenseman, a long term high risk project. Uh, I don't know. That could be it right there. Sixth or seventh round goalie that never pans out. A mid draft insignificant position move. 
Uh, let's see, bunch of guys that flame out and disappear. Uh, resign a bunch of former Blackhawks and trade guys for little or nothing. So he's he's uh, he's pretty much hit a couple of these on the board already, and he hasn't even hit the second day of the uh, draft yet. <laughs> Tell you what, Gate, it was extremely difficult watching um, Yaroslav Askarov fall and go to the Nashville Predators when this is somebody that the Hawks could really use and they probably could have had if they didn't beat the Edmonton Oilers. And yeah. um, it's 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 hard because this is somebody who is being compared to Carey Price, and <laughs> there's no guarantee that he's going to be carry price. I mean, Spencer Knight also got drafted last year in the first round and he got high praise too, but it's hard knowing what could have been and you know what you could have traded up. You could have done a lot of things, but Stan's got a plan for goalie and no one really seems to know what that is. Let's talk for a second about our founding sponsors, puckhockey.com. That's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. You've probably heard John and I talk about the Rink's Puck Hockey line of merch, but you might not know the amount of high quality stuff they have to offer. These aren't just cheap t-shirts with a weak logo slapped on them. They're high quality shirts, flannels, hats, sweatshirts, hoodies, shorts, and their hockey sweater collaborations are unparalleled. They also have masks, backpacks, stickers, and posters as well. This is your one-stop shop for the best hockey and music collaborative apparel lines. The Puck Hockey collaborations aren't just with heavy metal bands either. They have really cool lines with Snoop Dogg and a couple of popular hockey documentaries you might have seen or heard of, Ice Guardians and Making Coco, the Grant Fuhrer story. If you're interested in the heavy metal line like I am, they have an extensive roster of popular thrash and heavy metal bands. Just listen to this list of legendary groups. Anthrax, Exodus, Lamb of God, Meshuggah, Opeth, Overkill, Testament, Cannibal Corpse, and many more. Even their exclusive line of puck hockey stuff is really cool with the new hockey pentagram logo and their shoot pucks, not people line. Not only are they founding sponsors of ours, but we have been fans and customers of their stuff for years prior to them joining the rink's list of partners. Puck hockey continues to step up their game and bring in more big names all the time. So support thedashrink.com by heading over to www.puckhockey.com. That's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Fill up your cart with some high-quality gear and use the discount code THERINK, T-H-E-R-I-N-K, at checkout for 10% off of all of your orders. Make sure to follow them on social media because they do run 15 and 20% off specials as well. If you use that instead, send our friends Matt and Amy a message in the comment section and tell them that Gate and JJ over at thedashrink.com sent you. Maybe even throw in a rink t-shirt and hat to go along with your order. You get free shipping with orders over $100 and they'll throw in free goodies too. What's not to love? Remember, that's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com and discount code THERINK. That was the other thing that was kind of interesting with this draft is there weren't really any moves until what is it? The early twenties just past the Blackhawks. I think where Calgary started, we made a couple moves, uh, but you expect to, sometimes you expect to see more moves earlier in the draft. And I don't know if it's because teams were kind of afraid with the setup, how the setup was. It's not like you can just walk over to the table. Like, like these general managers are used to getting up, walking over to a table that's 12 feet from where they're sitting, talking to a guy, agreeing to a trade and doing that now they're having to make phone calls or you know however they're doing that whether using a private messaging system or something like that but uh i think honestly that's why there weren't a lot of moves early on is 
the way this draft was set up and the and and the general managers kind of said screw it like let's just go ahead and get through this and you know instead of you know maybe the clock ends up going over and then the, the next team can jump ahead of you and pick and things like that when you're trying to nail down a trade in five minutes like i just that that was my opinion i don't know did you get that feeling right I could probably see that. I mean, we were there. One thing that Aaron and I could probably uh, agree on, um, which is probably the only one, you know, when Jake Ottinger was traded uh, or Chicago traded that spot and Ottinger was picked, you know, we, I saw Stan get up, walk over. They had the conversation. Next thing you know, the trade's happening. You know, you just don't have that flow to it. You don't know how it's working, you know, stuff along those lines. Is it mm-hmm. easy to get a hold of somebody? Moving forward, you know, what's the cap going to look like? You know, how are we going to build and, and you know, structure our, our team? I can see where a GM may not want to say, man, we're going to get rid of a piece. And then at the, you know, think, I mean, I kind of got forced into that. You know, I wasn't able to think about it. You know, the time was on the clock. I'm not in a stadium. There's kind of weird things going on. You know, it's just, it's 2020, right? That's the saying. So I can see that happen. I, I think you might see, you know, some more movement here in that second round where you get maybe some guys pulling up where, Somebody in that first round fell, um, you know, I think you might see, um, you know, a, a goalie or two maybe go early um, here in that second round where it gives you a little bit of time to go back to the hotel, go back to your room, um, you know, talk to some GMs here in between the first and second period and kind of kind of regroup. So I think you might see a little bit of action here, uh, you know, early on in that second, just just a prediction. But, yeah, it I could see it being really difficult for for GMs to have that sit down and, you know, have that conversation and, you know, too many moving parts, which is, yeah. fine. you know, it's the world we live in right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so like, really, honestly, as far as the Blackhawks go, there's not a whole lot to really talk about as far as the draft goes. I mean, we could touch on just a couple of other things that have gone on. Uh, you know, we haven't podcasted probably a, a month just because we've been trying to decompress from all that other stuff that was going on. But uh, as far as the draft goes, like there were a couple of, you know, surprises, some, some, you know, Detroit kind of went off the board a little bit uh, picking Lucas Raymond at fourth. Uh, I mean, not, not that there was a, a, a terribly off the board pick, but you know, he was kind of uh, it was, there were different debates by a lot of different scouts and writers. And some people had him in the twenties. Some people had him in, you know, the top three or four, and uh, Detroit just went and got their guy. I mean, Stevie Y, he did it last year and he did it again this year. They went and got their guy. Uh, they're not, you know, I, I kind of admire that because I'm so, I, I get so tired of teams like you got to pick the best player available. Well, if you've picked 30 defensemen in a row and then, you know, a defenseman is the best player, but you got a forward here that's really close maybe you should go for the forward and start filling out the other parts of your organization that, that are lacking. Because if you have 50 defensemen and none of them are going to be able to get through the system because it's, gets log jammed and you have to count on say Stan Bowman to then make a follow-up trade. And I've said this for like two, three years, I don't trust Stan to pick a player that's good. Like say maybe last year, uh, Bowen Byram, and then having to make that follow-up trade of maybe Adam Boquist or Nicholas Bodan and getting even value back for that player. I think it's kind of a wasted pick. You might as well just pick the guy who was, you know, maybe two spots down because you're going to lose value anyway from a player that you trade away. So that's, that's kind of my feeling on that. I, I'm not saying that, you know, every time you got to, you got to draft for need, like, you know, if, if 
if the Blackhawks would have what, what Schneider was still on the board, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he went right. Yeah, he went to the yeah. Rangers at nineteen. Yep. Yeah. So like he was still on the board. Like they don't necessarily have that kind of defenseman. I could see it, but I wouldn't really love love it. Uh, I really prefer that they 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 start stocking up this this forward group. And on the podcast that I was on the other day, uh, I picked Dylan Holloway because there were some crazy picks in that draft. Uh, you know, like Nico Dawes went to Carolina early in the, you know, early in the 10, 10 range. And I'm like, wow, I didn't expect to hear that guy's name until the end of the second round, mm-hmm. but they, that the Carolina guy wanted a goalie and he went out and got a goalie. So, you know, there was some craziness, but Dylan Holloway was the guy I picked. And I, I kind of associated that with like, you know, he's in Wisconsin, uh, Stan probably gets to see a lot of Wisconsin. He knows Tony Granado. He like the whole thing, the whole connection between the Blackhawks and Wisconsin seemed to make sense. And then on top of that, at the end, Wyatt Kalanuck, a defenseman who played at Wisconsin last year, played with Holloway. You know, it seemed like to me uh, that that would have all, you know, kind of made sense. But Holloway went early to the earlier to the, the Oilers and maybe the Blackhawks were going to pick him. I don't know. Uh, were you going to say something, Aaron? No, I was just going to say something that we should probably chat about is Cole Perfetti dropping from f- the four range to 10 and similar to Cole Caulfield last year, dropped from like five to 15 teams really hesitant about taking smaller ish players around five, eight, five, nine guys that can score 40 goals in the regular season and zero in the playoffs <clears throat> to bring it. But, <laughs> you know how my feelings on that. Yeah. But I just think it's, it's always going to be a thing is this guy could have the most skill in the world, but in this physical small ice of North America, what are you going to do? And somebody generally takes a chance on them just because of their skill level, um, you know, passing, et cetera, um, you know, in the teens, but I, I don't know if I feel bad. I, I would hate to be in the position to make that kind of decision. I mean, th- that's bad for the Blackhawks. They're going to see Cole Perfetti. <laughs> How many times a year they're going to, have to face him, and you know maybe Patrick Lyonet won't be there, but I mean he, he's a good you know Perfetti's a good player, and then like we kind of touched on just a little bit earlier, the Blackhawks if they would have picked where they would finish the season, they probably would have been at nine or ten. Yaroslav Askarov would have been there. They could have picked their goalie of the future. Instead, he ends up falling all the way to the National Predators. So now the Blackhawks are going to have to face him how many times a year? Uh, you know, they went that little stunt they pulled with, you know, beating Edmonton. Yay. Yippity you, uh, you know, you got your playoff uh, experience, but how many of those players are going to even be around the next time the Blackhawks make the playoffs or, or are at least significant in the playoffs? We don't know. I mean, you can't tell them to lose, but it probably would have been a better scenario for them to lose and be able to pick, you know, something instead of just that maybe a guy who's going to be a, a good depth forward, not top tier, but you know, one B tier maybe to a guy who could be, could have been the franchise goalie for the next decade. Yeah. And the other thing that stood out to me in the draft was obviously Calgary trading down twice and getting a couple of third round picks. I watched the tape on this uh, Connor Zary kid. This guy's nasty from Kamloops, Kamloops, and he's just going to be playing with Matthew Kachuk and playing behind uh, Sean Monahan. And 
Ray, what's what's the report on on him? Because I think they got a lot of value at 24 with with him. Yeah, they got a lot of value there. I mean, he's somebody that I could have seen 12 picks earlier. I mean, really, um, you know, he's not the not the fastest of skaters, um, but he's definitely not slow. Um, he's just a little fireball. I mean, he he plays a very good game, pucks on his stick a lot. Um, you know, he's dangerous um, in a lot of different areas. I mean, he can he can score, but man, I, I think he sees the ice well. Um, but he's that type of player that I just kind of, you know, I, I, he's a firecracker, you know, every time he's on the ice, it's a hundred, you know, hundred miles per hour. Um, he's going to go after you. I, I think, you know, defensively and, and you could say that's a lot of, you know, about, you know, half of these picks in the first round, you know, hey, defensively, you know, Hey, still got to be a little bit more consistent and stuff like that, but it, it's easy to be offensive in, in juniors, obviously, but, um, I thought that was great value to move back and still get somebody that they probably, you know, could have been on, could have been off the board at 12. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and Ray, I want to give a little shout out to uh, our boy, Brendan Brisson, huh? Just saw that. Going, going yep. 29th to the uh, Vegas Golden Knights from the Chicago Steel. Yep. So uh, yeah, congrats to him and, and congrats to the Steel organization. I mean, they are doing a Ryan Hardy. Job. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good General guy. Great Ryan guy. Hardy. Everybody up and down in that organization has been nothing but top notch. And, and yeah. you talk about an organization that has a has a focus, has a philosophy, and it's like you're either in or you're out, um, which is awesome to see them succeed doing that. Yeah, they are all in. Like they're not wasting any time. They're going out and get top top end players, and mm-hmm. you know Brendan Brisson is one of them. And they're going to have a couple of guys probably go in the second round, and then uh, next yeah. year you got our boy Owen Power, right? Yeah, Owen, uh, yeah, he's supposed to be at the University of Michigan, uh, NCAA. Uh, you know, I heard today or maybe it was yesterday uh, talking about playing some games, which is good. Um, yeah, Sean Farrell should go. Sam Colangelo should go. Um, I mean, you got you got guys up and down that line. And Matthew Saint. Uh, um, um, Defali. Yeah, Defali. Um, you know, I mean, they've got guys up and down that lineup that can really go. I think – the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, it's going to be a lot of preference where you might see a few more names that Nestle could end up with five, five guys. And uh, the goalie that uh, it looks like a, you know, an outside prediction the Blackhawks could go after. Yeah, he would be solid. Um, you know, Victor out of Sweden. I mean, he's somebody that isn't on a lot of draft boards, but when you watch him play, you know, he's structurally, he's good. He's in good position. I think he plays well. He could work on his quickness. He could work on, you know, some, some glove. Um, but for me, if you just say, oh, he was good because the steel were good, you didn't watch him. I mean, he didn't really yeah. dive in there. And, and, and obviously, I mean, I get to see all their games, if not most. So, I mean, that, that's definitely different. But he would be somebody that if he came off the board late, I wouldn't be surprised. Right. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Aaron, you got any uh, things you want to add in? Any, any guys that, uh, you know, you noticed that uh, you want to say anything about? Um, not really. Um, I, I was a little shocked that Sanderson went five. I knew that they wanted to differentiate there with Ottawa with another pick, but I was really praying that he didn't go to Nashville. Um, cause that is the biggest, most typical Nashville pick. Um, but yeah, other than that, I thought it was a decent draft. Um, you know, one thing I mentioned in our chat was, you know, how far ahead the LA Kings are. You know, they won their cups. They decided to reload and re- retool. They still have their big contracts on the books, but they traded off everything they could. You know, they 
They uh, took Turcotte last year, and now they add a huge, huge centerman up the middle in Byfield, who looks really great. If they can, he's going to be a beast. Um, yeah. They have. He's still a kid. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They have so much talent in their pipeline, and it's so hard to not be jealous of what they've got going on, thinking that that could be the Hawks. If yeah. the Hawks just owned it, owned it, and said. You know what? This isn't working. Let's try to just get back to playoff contention the right way. What could they do? I mean, they they their rebuild could look a lot better than what LA has got right now mm-hmm. um, if they flip some assets. But it's it's just frustrating watching a team like LA get back to where they should be. And you know, it's we know that it's going to take several years if the Hawks eventually decide to do that. Well, yeah, and that's the thing about the Hawks, like. Everyone was like, oh, Rocky, you know, dollar bill's dead. Rocky's going to come in. He's going to change this. And, you know, for for a while there, it was like, hey, you know, Rocky's changed the culture and all this stuff. And now, you know, as, as the Blackhawks aren't as competitive because they've hung on to veterans too long, they've these nostalgia contracts and all this garbage nonsense that's going on. Now the Blackhawks are more concerned about, you know, pitching their season tickets and this hope in these in some of these players and one of them was Dylan Sakura who was traded away that was you know quote unquote their trade deadline acquisition two years ago and uh, now you've traded him away for a guy who you traded away <laughs> many years previously you know and, and now he's a Christopher Stieg reclamation project that's probably going to play most of the season in Rockford despite what all the experts want to go out there and think uh, Brandon Perry is going to spend most of this coming upcoming season uh, in Rockford or with the Rockford Ice Hogs, just like Christopher Stieg was going to do. So that's just you know part part of the fact. And uh, you know their their pipeline, they got a lot of defensemen, but do they got a lot of defensemen that are going to defend? And do they have a goalie? I mean, that was another thing that was kind of brought up today. Uh, we uh, that you know. A lot of the choices I'm not really in. Fo- I'm not fond of at all. Uh, I, I'm not a. I, I don't think Matt Murray just. You know, he doesn't have the balls really, <laughs> to put it uh, bluntly. Uh, you know, he he folded in Pittsburgh behind a defense that was better than what the Blackhawks have. How do you think he's going to look behind the Blackhawks? He's going to look just as bad. You know, he was a sub 900 uh, save percentage, and you know, so was Braden Holtby, and then you know, Anton Hudobin. Okay. He's kind of a system goalie that's in his mid thirties. He might come in and give you, you know, be able to stop the puck for you, but are you going to pay big money for that? No, obviously the Blackhawks showed they're not going to pay big money for a goalie. So uh, who's left Darcy Kemper. You're going to sign, you're going to trade for Darcy Kemper. This guy has been, you know, passed around the league a lot like Devin Dubnik before him found a system that he, he played well in and now like, don't trust it. Don't trust it. It's it. I don't, you know, they, if, if they give up assets for De- Darcy Kemper in the end, you're going to be disappointed. The best thing you can do is try to find the, the, the cheapest reasonable option to get you on a bridge, you know, get you as a bridge to something else and give you a couple years to try and figure this out because um, right now it's, it's a mess. Corey Crawford, you know, they offered him 3.5 million. It looks like he may walk to free agency. He may could still end up coming back, but you know they're really playing cheap with the goalies. And you only have Colin Delia and Kevin Lincoln and uh, behind that defense, who now has traded Ali Mata away. Uh, we really didn't even talk about that much. Uh, 
you know, I today I saw the the thing about uh, Mark Andre Fleury, and I'm not a big Mark Andre Fleury guy. I think he's a great individual. He's a great teammate and all that stuff, but he's getting up there in age. But it looks like that uh, Vegas may be willing to give him away for you know in each half of his salary and give you a second round draft pick for you know to take him off their hands and the Blackhawks might be able to unload something no not Brent Seabrook but the Blackhawks maybe will unload something back to them for that I could handle that that's reasonable Mark Andre Fleury is a pretty good goalie you know before Robin Leonard showed up he was holding it together pretty well outside of injuries and uh you know he could hang in there for a year or two with Colin Delia behind you and and you're not going to get killed you're probably still going to pick in the lottery but you're not going to get completely killed. It's not going to cost you a ton of money. You get an extra draft, uh, second round draft pick, which Stan loves his second round draft picks. He loves them because if he doesn't have one, he's going to do everything in his power to get one. And now, you know, if he could have two this year, that would be even better. So, I mean, that's just kind of a quick synopsis of what's going on here with this with this team. Yeah, Mark Andre Fleury would be fine. I mean, obviously there'd have to be some retained money. I, I think you know for. You know, like Aaron was talking about the Kings, they bottomed out on the on the fly with good players, with Kopitar, with Dowdy. And, you know, people were saying, you know, we still have to keep winning with Kane. We still have to keep winning with Taves. And, and Keith is, you know, still serviceable, you know, even at his age and how much, you know, how many miles he has on his tires is, is unbelievable. Um, you know, and they're able to do that, you know. And, yeah, they, these players still have to come along. Turcotte and, and Byfield still need to be good. Uh, but they're they're building the foundation for the next – next run um, where the yeah. Hawks are still just stuck, you know, the 24th team to get in, you know, Hey, NHL did everything they could to get Chicago in, man. I want to give it, I would have given up a week's salary for them not to get in, um, yeah. you know, just to just say, Hey man, you know, that, that's fine. But then once you're in, you can't tell a professional hockey player, go lose that yeah. that's going to happen. Um, you know, we wouldn't even want to do that. I don't want to lose to Aaron and, you know, checkers, you know, so <laughs> I'm asking something that, you know, that's part of it. That's the game. That's, the, you know, the cards you're dealt. You went out and won. Fantastic. You got some experience, but, you know, it, it seems like the Hawks are just kind of spinning their wheels. Um, you know, you give away all those draft picks to win right now, which is what you need to do back when they were winning. You have to give up picks. You got to try and win right now because you could see when the door closes, it slams really, really hard. Um, and that's where I think a lot of the fans that kind of got in with, you know, it's, Hey, we can still win it. And it's like, no, it's going to be tough to really win it with this team, but you can do it on the fly. You can still have those two, three years where you still have Kane, you still have Taves back of the, you know, uh, their contracts, Kirby doc, another top line guy, maybe if it would have been a goalie this year, you know, where you kind of pile on, you know, you could get back to get back to competing. Um, but for, for me right now, you know, if you ended up with Marc-Andre Fleury over Crawford, that's fine. You know, that's something where, you know, the defensemen are looking back at a Stanley Cup champion, a veteran, a guy that can still yeah. in this league at a really high level. Yeah. Um, Matt Murray would have been, you know, probably no. Braden Holtby, probably no. You know, they've been average, below average, bad um, for seasons, you know, so, I mean, for the last couple seasons. So, man, I, it would be tough not to – it would be tough if they went out with, with the goalies that they have in their system right now. I yeah. Think it's a really long year. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got to think something's happening tomorrow. He's going to have to make some yeah. kind of moves. Which if you fine. don't make that's, some that's game, I mean, that's how it works. You don't have to, yeah. you're not icing a team tomorrow, but you can't be going out with those goalies. That's for sure. Yeah. And then you hit, I, I just can see 
I mean, you got to make more moves. The, the Mata thing, I mean, everyone's ju- jumping up and down and, and, and everything and, and hooting and hollering and having parades about Ali Ma getting out of town and then not having to buy him out. But the bottom line is the next two years, they're going to have to pay more of his salary on the cap than they would have if they would have bought him out. They're, they're they're not saving money for two seasons on this. So, you know, jump up and down, hoot and holler that you got something, an ECHL forward back. You basically gave, a you know, a, a four, five, six, you know, defenseman, uh, a three, four, five, six defenseman uh, away for a guy, for, for a nobody. I'm sorry, Mr. Morrison, but, you know, you're going to be in Indianapolis this year and then maybe – you know, when your contract's up, you're not going to be with Chicago anymore. So, you know, he's given away a lot of stuff for not a lot in return. And that's a lot like what happened with, you know, David Teravine and, and Brian Bickle and all these, you know, situations that he got himself into. And then he has to buy himself out of by giving away decent players. Uh, it's just, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. I got a a question for you guys. Yeah. I've been kind of on the outside looking in with the Hawks the last year. And I just want to know of the last several years, seems like the best teams have a style. They have a certain way that they play. They have a coach that enforces that way. They have a GM whose job it is to fill in players that fit that system. Right. And the Hawks were great at that. They had a core, they filled in around the edges and for the longest time, they got by just putting the right pieces together, moving on from guys, making trades, etc. So I'm asking you, this is not a Joe Quinville-type roster anymore. Um, this is Jeremy Carlton, whatever, and Stan Bowman's you know, leftovers with a bunch of Band-Aids on it. Who are the Blackhawks? Because it just seems like they're a bunch of guys skating behind Patrick Kane. Hey, that's... They're like the misfit toys. Yeah. Bunch of band-aids. Uh, I think you said it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, literally a band-aid with Calvin DeHaan and uh, you know, a lot of people forget that Andrew Shaw's even still on the team anymore. And uh, you know, they're all injury prone. That was why I was afraid. I was kind of afraid. Uh, who was it that, uh, that dropped La, uh, LaPierre was it? The one, uh, Hendricks LaPierre, who had a lot of concussion problems. I was really afraid Stan was going to go for the, uh, you know, high risk, high reward kind of uh, pick like that. You know, the guy, because that's kind of how Adam Boquist was. He was a little higher pick, but he was, you know, he had concussion issues. And, you know, he was kind of like, you know, the wild stallion. You couldn't control him. He had a lot of skill, that kind of thing. So that's kind of how I was afraid they were going to go. But, yeah, back to your original point, they're like the land of misfit toys right now. They're not going to be able to upgrade much this year. They're barely going to be begging a goalie to come in and play. Uh, How can you expect any more than a lottery pick again this year? Mm -hmm. What about you, Ray? Yeah, Aaron, I... You got Kane, you got some younger guys, uh, you know, that you think you could build around in a Doc or a Boquist and, and Kubalik. And then you've got bottom roster guys. And and that was fine when you were winning games. And, and like you said, you're just filling in guys around that core. And that, I mean, that core was special. I mean, it, you don't, 
you don't win three Stanley Cups on accident. Um, you know, you maybe win one on accident, but um, they still have those bottom guys. And, and that's the problem is they just didn't want to bottom out. Um, you know, they're celebrating the 10 year anniversary of the 2010 cup and half the team was still on the team. You know, some guys were still on the team. It was like, you know, what's, your, <laughs> what's your identity? Where are we going? You missed the playoffs two years in a row. Now, you know, Hey, you got lucky. Um, that's the thing is that when that core was special, you could have filled it around with a lot of different players. I mean, when that, you could put a lot of different players in, around that core and you would have won, you know, Stanley cups like you did. But um, you know, now that that core is older, Kane's your best player by far, you know, from, from that standpoint um, to, to, you know, put players around him. You got one or two, three younger pieces, uh, but then you've got all that bottom, bottom feeder guys that, yeah, they're fine. They're NHL hockey players, you know, but they're not guys that are going to help you consistently push for a Stanley cup. That's for darn sure. So yeah, they don't have an identity. I mean, that's definitely a, a, a sure thing. They're just kind of a hodgepodge of players right now. And that's part of not bottoming out. It's funny to think that Joel Quinville despised Trevor Daly, could not stand Nick Letty. So he would be the first one to give Adam Boquist the bus ticket to Rockford. <laughs> yeah, probably would. He would. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, hard, right. it's hard to close your eyes and, and think about this Blackhawks team and how many guys would actually make it past Quinville's test. How many of these guys would Quinville say, get this guy off my team? I have no use for him. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Alex Nylander. Get him out. What does he do? I mean, Alex Nylander probably wouldn't have made it nine games into the into last season. He wouldn't have made Denver. it past prospect camp. <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't have made it down the hallway <laughs> to the yeah. ice. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just, just hard, hard to imagine, like, what are these guys doing? Who are these players? It, Why are they here? Why? Why are you bringing them in? Why why are they they in the NHL? Is the question. Well, and how do they fit into your style? And I, I kind of feel bad for for Colleton because I feel he's given he's given this raw deal where he has he to is. you know make shit into gold. And he, I think he did okay. I mean, he beat the Edmonton Oilers, but we're finding out that that wasn't that much of an accomplishment. Well, he's in over his head as well. I mean, he's in over his head. He was just he, he then not only was he probably not ready to be an NHL head coach, but then he's given a roster of a, of a bunch of misfit toys and, and told put this together and make it work. And it didn't work. And it's still really not working. I mean, Edmonton is what Edmonton is. They were, they were not a good team with not good goaltending with their best defenseman was really hurt. Uh, when, when McDavid and dry weren't doing the scoring, no one was doing scoring, you know, they were they were in worse situation than the Blackhawks, mm -hmm. so you know Blackhawks probably should have beat them, but yeah. uh, the fact of the matter is the Blackhawks shouldn't have even been there anyway. Uh, they're just not that good of a team, yeah. and they're not going to be that good of a team next year. And if that's us being negative, I'm sorry, but that's the truth. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna BS and lie. Uh, none of us are. I mean, that's why we're all we're all, we all like the group that we're, we have here. We're all kind of on the same page. We understand, we see it for what it is. And uh, you know, it's just like, they're, they're a big red shiny turd right now. And it's hard watching uh, the central division, you know, have people continually go to the Stanley cup from this division um, and watch them draft players and get better every year around you. That's difficult. You know, the Avs are in this division. They're tough. Stars just went to the Stanley Cup. 
Blues won the Stanley Cup. I mean, Nashville was really good for a while. Winnipeg was threatening. Minnesota was going to the playoffs almost every year. Um, Man, Minnesota's Minnesota. They stink. That's true. (laughs) But all these teams are still getting top talent into their system and they can develop. So, yeah, development is a, is a huge part of that. And, and JC walked into a tough situation. It really should have been a retread coach that had a Stanley cup ring as an assistant or, um, you know, had a Stanley cup back in the day. And I mean, when you walk into a, a locker room and, you know, you've got, you know, Keith Seabrook, <laughs> Kane Taves, you know, you got these guys that, you know, they got more rings than, than you have fingers and toes. And, you know, you're trying to change the system. You're trying to, you know, earn respect. You're trying to get these young kids developed. I mean, that, that's hard to do, man. I mean, it, mm-hmm. that is really hard to do as a young coach that doesn't have any chops. You know I mean? He, he had nothing, you know, yeah, he's won in other places, but you know, for, for him to walk into that situation was difficult. And, and, and that's the thing. You look at all those other teams, Aaron, and you talk about Dallas and you talk about Colorado and, you know, you talk about Winnipeg was good, but none of them have won it. You know, so, I mean, the, the Hawks can get back to that level. I don't think they can. They could get back to a Dallas level. They get back to a Colorado. I mean, Colorado could be very good. It's hard for me to say that, but they got a lot of young talent. Um, you know, but you talk about Nashville, who is, you know, year in and year out, they're going to compete. Uh, but you've got to be able to develop that talent. You know, it's got to be in the system now where before it was, hey, we've got our core, just pour in around it. Now it's got to come through the system. And that's where you think like a, a New York Rangers that are doing it on the fly. Uh, got lucky with the number one pick, the LA Kings, you know, getting some really good players in there that you could kind of rebuild on the fly, bring up through the system because you can't always be trading guys in when that core is older and that core isn't as talented as it used to be. But man, JC walked into a real tough spot. I'll give Can him- you imagine if the Blackhawks didn't get lucky last year in the draft and move up, uh, they'd be really even worse this year or, you know, in in the next coming years, because they probably would have picked a guy who would have been two years out, maybe at the 12 spot or wherever they were at, uh, you know, maybe probably two years out. And so you, you wouldn't even have that. You wouldn't even have a Curry doc type player who is fairly dominant in the playoffs or at least the postseason. Yeah. uh, you know, you they they'd really be hurt. They got they they really were they were gift wrapped. You know a player that uh, you know they gave them a couple of or gave them a little hope for a couple of seasons. But um, that's that's really all it is: is hopes and dreams. So Here's my, let's my shift question. gears. Oh, go ahead. One last question: Why why weren't the Hawks trading down twice? Why didn't we get two third round picks? You, you don't think Reichel could have been there in the mid twenties? Like yeah. There are a lot that's of a nice pieces in the twenties. Why aren't we picking up the phone? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, who, who else went in the twenties? Uh, LaPierre, Zary, uh, neighbors, Perot, Perot Brisson, was- Bork. Yeah. All, I mean, any of those guys, I mean, wouldn't, could be on the same, could be on par with who they picked. Mm-hmm. And last thing about the draft, shout out to the, to the Germans of Deutschland. Nice seeing some <laughs> names, some different names in North America. Yeah, for sure. Let's shift gears just a little bit, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll let Ray kind of take this a little bit. Where where do you see them going? I my I don't know much more past the first round. Uh, I think they may pick a goalie in the second, third round. We've seen maybe Joel Bloomquist, I believe, mm-hmm. who is the second goalie ranked overall. Uh, 
and then there's Nico Dawes. There's another goalie. So maybe they may pick, you know, a, a couple of goalies in this, which they probably should because they don't have any in the system, but uh, maybe a couple of forwards. Do you, I'm sprinkle a couple defensemen in. Do you, do you, what do you think? Uh, who are some, some guys that we could maybe keep an eye on for tomorrow? Yeah. Bloomquist would be good um, out of Finland. Um, actually did catch uh, two of his games online uh, this year. Very technically sound, good goalie. Um, you know, you know, the Finnish goalies come out, you know, with different, different training. Um, you know, you could read about it. Um, you know, the goalie guild does a great job, you know, talking about, you know, Finnish goalies and stuff like that. Um, he's somebody I think could be on the board. Um, boy, <laughs> there's a, a bunch of forwards. I think that they could still probably have a, a pretty good, you know, idea. And I'm just trying, uh, Ridley Gregg just went off, you know, was born. Brendan Brisson, you know, Bork, Weisblatt, you know, so, I mean, there's still some really good forwards. I, I think that, that the Hawks can really have their eyes on. Uh, but I, I personally would be eyeing that goaltender. I, I don't think it would me, maybe be a Dawes that early. Um, you know, he, they might surprise, you know, I, again, I think I could see some teams moving up here in the early second round. Now that they're able to look at their boards and go, crap, this guy was 14th on our board. He's still there at 34, you know, stuff along those lines. But man, I would really be eyeing that goaltender. I wouldn't be shocked if they came away with two goaltenders, yeah. to be completely honest. I think, um, you know, that's something that Stan struggled at. I think it's something that you could say Chicago has struggled at, you know, even though Corey was homegrown. That was a long time ago. 2004, Josh, yeah. Josh Eunice and Corey Crawford at camp. I mean, those are, you know, those are names that you know. That was a long time Joe ago. Fallon. Yeah, yeah that was a long time ago. So, you know, if you get yourself that goalie here in the second round, you feel comfortable with them, and then you get that fourth or fifth round. You go with you know Dominic from last year, who I thought was probably a little bit of a stretch. There's there's some goals ahead of him, um, in my mind. But um, you know, if they went with another forward, I wouldn't be shocked as well. I think there's a few on the board that that they definitely have their eyes on. I mean, you got Thomas Bordalo from, you know, the development team. I think you got, oh, man, I'm just trying to think. You know, Lucas Cormier, did he go? Cormier on the board. Well, he's a defenseman, sorry. Colangelo, too, he's still on the board. We talked about him earlier. on the board. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some good names on on here that, you know, you wouldn't be mad with that second pick as a forward, but um, I would really like to see him go goaltender. Just yeah. to, just to have that feel, man. Me too. We got that guy. Clearly, I, being a goalie myself, yeah, I'm a little partial to goalies, but I think not just because I like goalies, but because I think the Blackhawks need goalies, and they don't have, you know, anything in the system. And there's, a, if you're not going to go out and sign them, there's only one other way to get them. Mm-hmm. That's through the draft. So the Blues took so. neighbors. That's a good pick late. Yeah, Wait, Ray, I got a question. I love Sean Farrell. I'd love to see him go. That would just be a, that'd be a, that'd be a good pick at 46. What's up, Aaron? In the foot, in the NFL draft, there's always these, not, I wouldn't call them stereotypes, but reputations of schools that produce specific kinds of players like tight ends from Iowa, offensive linemen from Notre Dame. Is there like, are there factories for these types of players based on, um, you know, their OHL teams, or is it all kind of just totally random? I think it's totally random. I mean, I was talking about like with the Finnish goalies, you know, their development is a little bit different. They go through a, you know, a a much different way to get to, you know, the juniors and then into the the pro ranks. Um, The goalie guild does a great job. Like I mentioned, Um, why am I drawing a blank on his name? 
Um, Justin Goldman. Justin Goldman. Yeah, um, we had him on the podcast early great on. Follow on. Great, great Twitter, guy. Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. On on Instagram. Um, does a lot of great stuff. I thought stuff. I was a goalie nerd until I met him. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, he knows his stuff. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think it's it's so much like that, Aaron, where, you know, you get linebacker you or something along those lines. But um, Sweden, I, Sweden and Finland with the goalies, for sure. Yeah. Those are the two places you want to look for if you're if you're looking for a goalie. So, yep. Yep. Cool. Well, I think uh, I think we kind of pretty much knocked it out. We don't have to stay on belabored us too much. I'm sure there's going to be plenty to wrap up with the draft coming up. Uh, maybe you know more towards the weekend or something like that. Maybe we'll do a, a more comprehensive wrap up of the draft. But I just wanted to kind of talk about the first round. I'm sure people are curious about it. Head over to thedashrink.com. I put up a, a piece just earlier. It just had a couple of uh, blurbs, some scouting blurbs from FC Hockey Rays. Ray's boys over at FC Hockey, a blurb about uh, Reichel, and then one from uh, McKean's draft guide uh, about Reichel, and then I also put some video highlights up there too. So if you want to check out, see what the Blackhawks have coming down the pipe, uh, go check that piece out. Um, kind of going off uh, off subject just a little bit, and it was, since we have Aaron on the line, I want to formally say congratulations on your first episode of the podcast the Colorado hockey podcast, which was, you know, it's a kind of a sister brother relationship around here. We're going to try and have a podcast for every division at some point in time, but uh, Colorado was the first one to get, get rolling on it. And Aaron, you did a lot of hard work. So I just want to say if people are interested in the Colorado avalanche, go download the Colorado hockey uh, Ringcast. You can look it up. If you just look it up under, you know, uh, iTunes or something like that. If you just type in Ringcast, ours, they will both come up. You can, uh, you know, go over there, you can uh, subscribe to it and you can leave a review, whatever you want to do. Uh, Aaron did a great job over there. Uh, I kind of wanted to give him, you know, open creativity, uh, you know, a a blank slate to do whatever he'd like to do. And he he took it and ran with it. So, uh, again, I just want to, you know, kind of give a little shout out to you, Aaron, on that. You did a great job. Yep. Thanks, guys. It was a lot of fun. Our first episode talked a lot of Colorado Eagles with Marie Sexton. So if you haven't checked it out yet it's pretty pretty cool quick 30 minutes just talking about the season and the roster so had a lot of fun with it good good yeah and and from what i from what i'm hearing you you might be having some uh nice guests lined up coming up we're looking into it awesome cool looking into yeah it. That would, that'll be very interesting i'm looking forward to hearing it um ray your uh hockey knapsack on twitter uh yep. i'm sure everyone sees uh if you're listening to this everyone has probably seen you know, uh, your stuff on Twitter, because I, I retweet a lot of it through our, uh, all of our social media channels. Uh, I recently, people may have seen, I recently fired up a rink Seattle division possibly. Uh, so we're going to see how that's going to go. We have a kind of a year to suss that out, but I kind of got the ball rolling on that. There's always the Toronto division. Uh, you have our, our NWHL, which will probably get fired up a little later on. Uh, with this COVID stuff, everything's been kind of crazy. And there's a Columbus version uh, division. So we're growing. Uh, I really like what's going on here. It's great stuff. Um, I don't have really much more to plug right now, other than <clears throat> if you want to read about some more of the uh, the prospects that did, the Blackhawks didn't pick, you can head over to our website. Eric did a great job. Uh, you know, Stan just kind of trumped him on that one. Uh, but there's a lot Stan of good. Scratched him off. Yeah, that's what he did. Eric, I said that. This guy, Eric said this guy. 
Okay. <laughs> that, that's what I, I said it before. I said, watch, they're going to pick some guy that Eric didn't do a, a full profile on. And he was like, well, you know, I did 10. And then I touched on a couple other guys. And sure enough, Stan went off the board and picked someone that we didn't profile. But there are lots of profiles on other players there. Um, you know, check them out. You can, uh, he did a really great job. Eric and I, I don't want that to get lost in all of this. But uh, we'll probably have more of a comprehensive wrap up, like I said, later. So, uh, Aaron, you got anything you want to, anything more you want to say? Nope. We'll probably have uh, an evaluation of the Avs draft uh, on the podcast sometime over the weekend and featuring Halifax Mooseheads defenseman, Justin Barron, 6'2", 200 pounds. See you in a couple years, Ray. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good pick. You can never have enough good defensemen, especially guys that can skate and and have some. Yeah, Colorado has a lot of them. The best part That's is that too. you didn't need him when you're in a position where you can just take BPA. Yeah. Love it. Just want talent in the system. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I could have used a goalie though, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm losing oh. the connection, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Corey Crawford. <clears throat> uh, Hank Lundquist. One of them's going there. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I don't have much more to plug. I plugged the website plug the podcasts and everything ray you got anything else you want to nope uh, plug good yep we got good yep okay great well i think we're done for the night so uh if you get a chance head over itunes rate and review us or comment in the facebook section or this will be on youtube as well so you can go to youtube and you can comment there subscribe to our all of our pages uh if you enjoy our content i'd really appreciate that and uh i guess with that being said thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules to uh, download, listen, and support us. Until next episode, see you on the rink.